Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. I've uh, been doing a series which began last week. Began when? Last, exactly a week ago, last Wednesday night, in fact. And uh, we did it on Wednesday, Thursday of last week, and yesterday and tonight, and it finishes tomorrow night. And it's focusing on the central figure of history, and that is Jesus. And lots of people think Jesus is a pretty good bloke. But I'm going to ask a question which I think is the core question that gets to the heart of the whole matter. Because tonight's program is entitled, Why Did Jesus Come? Thanks for joining us. Nice to have your company. Okay, let's recap our little series. And if you've missed any of the early ones, bring you up to date with where we are. What we're saying in this series is that the only way to explain Christianity is to explain Christ. It's about a person. And that's what the word Christianity means. It means Christ following, Christ believing. Uh, Christianity is more like a fan club than anything else. Christianity is the Jesus Christ fan club. And we're explaining Jesus Christ by looking at Mark's biography or gospel about Jesus, an eyewitness first century document, uh, and based on the memories of Peter, one of the first followers of Jesus, which takes us right back to the Jesus generation. So a good place to go for an explanation. Okay, the story so far. The inner circle among the first followers of Jesus, Peter and 11 others, have finally tumbled to the fact that Jesus is the long-awaited, long-promised Messiah or Christ. But he is quite a different kind of Messiah or Christ from what they'd been expecting. He tells them repeatedly that he is facing violent death at the hands of the Jerusalem authorities. He repeatedly spells out that his purpose in this world, the reason why he was born, is to die. He is the dying king. For by dying... For his people, he rescues them. His death pays the ransom that sets his people free from punishment and free to enter paradise, free forever. Jesus then continues on his way to Jerusalem, steadfastly heading towards the death that he knows awaits him. On the way, he teaches and preaches about the true nature of the kingdom of God. He deals with a rich man who wants to follow him while keeping one foot and all his bank account in this world. Jesus debates further with the religious authorities and shows up their shallowness. He cures yet another blind man and yet again prophesies his death. In Jerusalem, he drives the money changers and the merchants out of the temple. And he tells a story to show what happens to those who pretend to serve God while really looking after themselves, really looking after number one. You listen while I read to you from Mark chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. Then Jesus told them this story. A farmer once planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it and dug a pit to crush the grapes in. He also built a lookout tower. Then he rented his vineyard and left the country. When it was harvest time, he sent a servant to get his share of the grapes. The renters grabbed the servant. They beat him up and sent him away without a thing. The owner sent another servant, but the renters beat him on the head and insulted him terribly. Then the man sent another servant, and they killed him. He kept sending servant after servant. They beat some of them and killed others. The owner had a son he loved very much. Finally, he sent his son to the renters, because he thought they would respect him. But they said to themselves, Some day he will own this vineyard. Let's kill him. That way we can have it all for ourselves. So they grabbed the owner's son and killed him. Then they threw his body out of the vineyard. 
Jesus asked, What do you think the owner of the vineyard will do? He will come and kill those renters and let someone else have his vineyard. You surely know what the Bible says. The stone that the builders tossed aside is now the most important stone of all. This is something the Lord has done, and it is amazing to us. Well, that's Mark chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. The leaders knew that Jesus was really talking about them, and they wanted to arrest him. But because they were afraid of the crowd, they left him alone, and they left. How do you think most Aussies would respond if God himself, the maker and ruler of the universe, turned up here for a visit? We'd like to imagine we'd be very polite and respectful. And what if God sent his direct personal representative, his anointed appointed one, his son? How would we respond then? Oh, once again, we'd like to think we'd be really polite, you know, and respectful and that sort of thing. (laughs) Oh, no, we wouldn't. God, whether in person or in the person of his anointed and appointed ruler and rescuer of this world, makes us, makes most people feel uncomfortable. When God's message, God's authority steps onto the scene, suddenly all our personal authority, our claim to independence flies out the window. Suddenly, we can't just go on living our lives doing what we want. Suddenly we're confronted by God's claim on our lives. Suddenly we're answerable to a higher authority. And we don't like that. That's why the human race killed Jesus. And what they did tells us the truth about human nature. Well now, during the final week of his life in the city of Jerusalem, with his death looming, Jesus continued to teach and preach. He taught about life in the future world, about the most important commandment of all, and about the dangers that the immediate future held for that generation. He taught his inner circle of followers again that he had to be put to death, but that afterwards he would come back from the dead, and in the long run, at the end of history, he would return to judge the living and the dead. One of that inner circle turned traitor. He crept off and did a deal with the authorities to betray Jesus, While Jesus and his closest followers were praying in the evening in a garden outside the city walls, Judas, the traitor, led the arrest party that came to seize Jesus. They took him to the council, uh, meeting as a court. He was put through a mockery of a trial and condemned to death on perjured evidence as a threat to the state. Now, while this was happening, Peter shivered outside in the darkness, huddled around a fire in the courtyard. In conversation with the guards and the servants around that fire, three times Peter denied even knowing Jesus, just as Jesus himself had predicted would happen. And then Jesus was taken to the Roman governor, a man named Pilate, Pontius Pilate, for the death sentence. You listen now while I read to you from Mark chapter 15. Early the next morning, the chief priests, the nation's leaders, and the teachers of the law of Moses met together with the whole Jewish council. They tied up Jesus and led him off to Pilate. He asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Those are your words, Jesus answered. Then Pilate questioned him again. Don't you have anything to say? Don't you hear what crimes they say you've done? But Jesus did not answer, and Pilate was amazed. The soldiers led Jesus inside the courtyard of the fortress and called together the rest of the troops. They put a purple robe on him, and on his head they placed a crown that they had made out of thorn branches. They made fun of Jesus and shouted, 
Hey, you king of the Jews! Then they beat him on the head with a stick. They spat on him and knelt down and pretended to worship him. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the purple robe, they put his own clothes back on him, and led him off to be nailed to a cross. The soldiers took Jesus to Golgotha, which means place of a skull. They nailed Jesus to a cross and gambled to see who would get his clothes. It was about nine o'clock in the morning. On the cross was a sign that told why he was nailed there. It read, This is the King of the Jews. The soldiers also nailed two criminals on crosses, one to the right of Jesus, the other to his left. About noon the sky turned dark and stayed that way until around three o'clock. Then, about that time, Jesus shouted, My God, my God, why have you deserted me? Some of the people standing there heard Jesus and said, He's calling for Elijah. One of them ran and grabbed a sponge. After he'd soaked it in wine, he put it on a stick and held it up to Jesus. He said, Let's wait and see if Elijah will come and take him down. Jesus shouted and then died. At once the curtain in the temple tore in two from top to bottom. A Roman army officer was standing in front of Jesus. When the officer saw how Jesus died, he said, This man really was the Son of God. That's Mark chapter 15. That is a picture of hell. We often say that about scenes of suffering. We might have said that about, you know, the fighting in, uh, in Iraq during the recent Gulf War. But in this case, it happens to be literally true. Because hell is being cut off from God. You see, God has not deserted this world that we live in, so we find it impossible to imagine what it would be like to live without anything of God's generosity and kindness being present. But if we wait long enough and do nothing about it, we will know. Most Aussies live their lives saying to God, well, not in words, but by the way they live, just leave me alone. If we don't change, God will take us, as our, uh, take us at our word and leave us alone, totally alone, forever. That's hell. Solitary confinement. Limitless loneliness. Cut off from God and from the light and life and love and purpose of the universe. That's what Jesus went through to rescue us. He went through hell. At the moment when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you deserted me? He was at that moment in hell, and was there so that we don't have to be, taking our punishment on our behalf. Tomorrow night's program is entitled, What Jesus Wants. Not just a distant historical figure, but a figure who makes demands upon us. Tomorrow night, what Jesus wants. Now, our thought for the night. The climax of tonight's story, indeed the climax of the whole of Mark's Gospel, is found in the words of the Roman centurion. Our thought for the night. Mark chapter 15, verse 39. The soldier said, This man really was the Son of God. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.